Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm your host, Richard Bliss, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Brian Rosander. Brian, thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. This looks like a great episode. It is. We have a special guest. Brian and, uh, and I have reached out and, and asked someone who's been very prolific on crowdfunding and has a unique perspective on it, and we've asked them to join us. And so we're joined by Laser Milena Weber with The Double Clicks. Laser, thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, we're excited to have you here. And Brian, you're the one who reached out to Laser and kind of made this contact. And tell, me, tell, tell our audience a little bit why you did that. So I've been a fan of the double clicks for quite a few years. Uh, we used to have a major nerd music convention in Orlando. And the first year that this convention ran, uh, th- they invited the double clicks and they advertised them and told them, everyone check out their Kickstarter, everyone check out their music. And I did, and I was really excited, and they put on a fantastic performance. And it was quite a bit different from the rest of the music that was featured there, so they really stood out. Uh, I got really excited. I bought all the albums that they had, and they came back at least one or two more times uh, in following years, and uh, I've just been a fan ever since. Wow. Uh, Laser, with that kind of endorsement, holy cow. I know. I, I feel honored. Well, you, well, we're the ones who are honored because <laughs> you, you really uh, have something unique here going on. You, and uh, let's tell our audience that, first of all, you do have a Kickstarter that's running live right now that just went live a couple of days yeah. ago. Um, but more important, it sounds like, as a musician, you have used crowdfunding and Kickstarter in a very unique way to make it possible for you to do this life that Brian just described, how you're having an impact on fans and, and, and people and musicians. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of the Double Clicks and kind of how you got to this stage? Absolutely, yeah. So we started the band, I was just about to graduate college, and my sister convinced me to start writing songs on the guitar. We were going to an open mic every week and trying to write a new song for that, and then eventually we decided to write a new song every week and put it on YouTube. Um, to keep our, you know, output going and also to start building an audience. And that was really fun. We did that for quite a while, like a six months, I think, of weekly songs on the Internet. Um, and then got sort of discovered and picked up by a lot of weird online communities, um, <laughs> fans of podcasts. And uh, we started getting invited to play at nerdy conventions and we went on our first tour in 2014, which was, you know, a few years, a couple years after that. We had been gigging so much that I had to quit my day job just because I didn't have any more vacation days. Actually, it was a little before that. And then in 2014, we ran our first Kickstarter and we asked for $18,000 and made $80,000. And with that, we were able to have my sister, Aubrey, also quit her day job um, so that we could both devote our full time to making videos, putting them on the internet and making albums and touring. Um, and then, yeah, since then we've raised over, uh, over a hundred thousand dollars on Patreon. And I think it's 300,000 on, on, on Kickstarter, um, for, you know, 
five years of music on the internet. It's pretty great. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's a cra- I have to admit that's a crazy story. Uh, that's a crazy yeah, it right? is. <laughs> it is a crazy story because it, at what point growing up and going to all that money you spent on music school and all that money you spent on music lessons and at what point did you realize that was going to pay off or wait did you spend a lot of money on music school and music <laughs> lessons? <laughs> Aubrey went to music school. Um, yeah, we've both been playing music since we were real little kids, although it wasn't what I planned to do when I grew up. Um, we kind of accidentally fell into this as a profession. You know, we weren't trying to start a band when we started doing music, but I think the combination of Aubrey's skills as a, she's a producer and a sound engineer and my skills as a former journalist and just kind of internet geek really built together this thing where we're not only a band that makes music, but we're also very dedicated to like DIYing everything and connecting directly with our fans online. So our fans don't only fund us online, they also are in our music videos and they help us write songs sometimes and we communicate with them all the time. And I think that's the thing, the main thing that has really helped us with crowdfunding is that the fans are part of the community. You know, you bring up a really valid point, and I think it's something that Brian and I have talked about, and which is why we reached out to you on the show, is that so many people who are starting a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding project, they think that the challenge that they have is how are they going to raise the money? But the reality is, is the challenge is that, and this is what many of my fans have heard me say, is that you don't have a funding problem, you have a crowd problem. Solve the crowd problem, right, right. right? Solve the crowd problem, and the money will follow. It is... And Brian, that's that's kind of what we talked about, right? Is that what what Laser and, and uh, her sister have done has really been unique in building that crowd. Yeah, I was always impressed from the very beginning how much interaction they had with their their fans and how much uh, engagement the fans had with them. Uh, it was easy to see that the Double Clicks were one of the all those fans uh, most. Th- those were the musicians that they were most interested in. And so, what, what I find yeah. interesting, Laser, that it seems exhausting to be able to spend <laughs> that much time. It's one thing to do the job, to perform the music, put it up there, the the, the technical side of that. But this in- ongoing conversation that you have with your crowd, the engagement that you have, obviously has has done something that resonates with them. How do you find the energy to keep doing that? If if I, if my question Ooh, makes question. sense, yeah. No, it definitely does. I mean, uh, it is. I think. I think the exhausting part is not necessarily the fan interaction. I find that to be pretty much the best part of the job. Um, and you know, when you're making stuff with your fans, they're actually kind of taking some of the work. You know, um, they're helping. They're submitting videos, or you know, giving ideas, or submitting art. That's awesome. Um, the exhausting part, I think, is just working for yourself, and there isn't necessarily a roadmap, you know? So you have to depend on yourself and hope you're making the right choices to make things keep going. Um, and we've definitely, we, we actually took a break a couple of years ago um, just because it was kind of grinding on our, like, our mental health and our relationship and stuff to be completely dependent on this one thing. Um, so we took a tiny break and uh, tried to do other stuff and realized that this is really the only thing we can do. You know, we love it so much. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that almost came out it, wrong, right? That almost came out wrong. This is the only thing we know how to do. Yeah. So this is, we're going to keep doing it. No, I mean, <laughs> I, it just it kind of is though. Like there's a certain point where they're like, I mean, if I can make music on the internet, um, 
I don't necessarily do it for the money, but I do need the money to be able to keep doing it, you know. So, and that brings it's up a, it's a lot of fun. We're that, very thankful. That brings up an interesting point because um, for anybody who's paid attention to the music industry, uh, one of the people who have stood out when it comes to crowdfunding and really kind of put it on the map was Amanda Palmer, and what she did, right? And, yeah. Right, and the example that she set. And I watched her um, TED Talk, and what struck me was. Yeah. When she said, you need to give your fans an opportunity to say thank you. And mm-hmm. that struck with me, and I had just started the podcast at the time, and I, and I realized just how powerful that can be. But sometimes we forget, we, start, we get caught up in ourselves, and we forget that our fans really do. When we, give some, when we create something of value for our fans, they very much want an opportunity of giving back. And you've probably tapped into that, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think... We everybody is doing a lot for each other, and I think one of the things that the Double Clicks has done that I find I do a little bit of um, coaching of other musicians. I don't know if you can hear my cat meowing. She says hi. Oh. Um, the, uh, this sometimes musicians don't realize that they do need to be constantly producing and making stuff. Well, okay, not constantly producing, but you do need to give stuff to your fans. You know, you need to do shows. You can't just put out an album and disappear and then come back and put out an album. There's a lot of fun things that you can give your fans. And then the more you, I I read an article that was like, you fill up this goodwill bank of things that you've given to your fans and that like understanding and songs and, and love and videos and all of this stuff that you give to your fans, then you can kind of withdraw from that bank. You know, you can allow them to say thank you, I guess is the way you were saying it, but yeah, you can, you can have that relationship go back and forth as long as you are doing the work and, as and, well. And I guess the, the, the best indicator is if you're doing the work well, the fans continue to reward you and allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard yeah, something exactly. interesting. When I launched my Kickstarter many years ago for this podcast, um, one of my fans reached out to me and I said, why would you play? I think they pledged $1,500. And I said, why would you give mm-hmm. me that much money for a podcast? And, and the answer has stayed with me all these years. He said... You are providing something so fundamentally valuable to me for free that I want to pay you so that I can keep getting right. it for free. And it, right? It sounds so counterintuitive. But oh, that- but it's, yeah, that's everything for sure. Like we, we had a, after our first Kickstarter, we had so many people reach out to us like, tell, like, I just launched my project. How were you successful? Just tell me how to do it. And I wrote up a blog post that was like one weird trick for a successful Kickstarter the one weird trick is work for free for three to five years before you ask for money. You know, it's like we had put out um, maybe 60 music videos, you know, like stuff we'd worked really, really hard on before we asked people to back a Kickstarter. And, and when people come show up and they're like, well, I just backed this and I don't have any fans, but I'm making the music. Why is nobody buying it? It's like, it's a little bit offensive to be honest. It's like, you need to work for it. It's not, it's about, Goodwill. People don't just buy stuff from people they don't know. You know, you gotta, you gotta work for it. You gotta earn it. So that's a fundamental. That is a fundamental yeah. uh, truth that you just said. People, right? Yeah. Don't, and I tell people, don't. The first contact I have with you should not be you asking me for money. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I should. I should hear about. You should be making a contribution. Well, let's talk about. Let's talk about making some money because you, yeah. rattled, you rattled off some numbers at the beginning of the the show here that I find yeah. astounding. Yeah. Right? That tell us again, Patreon, you have generated how much income from Patreon? Patreon is over a hundred thousand. Um, Kickstarter. I'm like struggling to remember. It's 200 at least. 
thousand um, over the last few years. I think it's over three, but that sounds nuts to me. Um, well, it yeah, all actually. Oh, two projects. doesn't two two hundred thousand doesn't sound nuts, but three hundred thousand does. Now, I think you're losing perspective <laughs> here, Laser. I think. Yeah, I mean, and of course, the money doesn't go directly to us, but it's right. um, the ability to make creative projects um, is really awesome. Like to be able to run a business that actually has a budget um, to hire artists and to produce albums and stuff. It's, it's been pretty awesome. It is. And that's the difference, I guess, as we're going to talk about it, because we had uh, folks on here from Patreon and we've had people who do, who do both is that the Patreon gives you a little bit of predictable working capital. And then that Kickstarter yeah. kind of gives you that infusion of capital, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about your current Kickstarter campaign. Um, it happens to be sure. uh, a book about how to be successful at, uh, at, at crowdfunding. Brian, you've, you've read through the book, right? Uh, I've read several chapters. I was not able to make it all the way through. And what that's more of a testament to how much material there is in the book. What jumped out from you as you, read, you. as you read through the book? One of the big things was that there are a lot of real-life examples tied to people that Laser has worked with and knows personally. Yeah, yeah. I've been working um, with other people to run their Kickstarters for like, Wow, four years now. I've I've been a crowdfunding coach, and I'm I'm endorsed by Kickstarter's experts program. So I've gotten a few just even people I don't know come and hire me to do that. So it's it's been a really good way for me to get a lot of perspective on different ways that people can raise money. Because the double clicks is obviously, I mean, every musician is, but is an anomaly in its own way. Um, but yeah, no, the book has a lot. I mean, the first at least half of it is just about building your audience and getting an audience ready for, for launching a crowdfunding campaign. So I think it's helpful, even if you don't want to kickstart or Patreon, you know, just to know how to build that online audience, because that's really nice. You can interact with your fans without having to drive 10,000 miles. <laughs> right. Or, you know, chase them yeah. down. And, and so the book yeah. is, the project is called crowdfunding for musicians. But as I read it and as yeah. Brian read it, it I mean, there's there's some specificity for musicians, but it really is a general purpose uh, book for if you're a, wanting to launch a crowdfunding project, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there is a slight difference, and you've probably seen this too, talking to people on the podcast, between like if you're launching a pod, launching a project for like a comic or an album, or versus something that's just kind of a product where you don't necessarily need a fan base if you're making like a jacket or a, you know, a cooler or something like that, right. that may not be as personality based. So I would say this is more of a personality based or a fan base kind of project, but yeah, there's, there's useful stuff in there for everybody. I think. Interesting. Interesting that you do that distinction that uh, versus a, a product sell my, pro I'm going to use Kickstarter as a pre-order system. Uh, the yeah. fact that you're using it more as a reward system for the personality that's behind it, that, the, the and and then even in your book, because yeah. some could say, well, you're just you're making a book, isn't that just a product? But really, you're tapping into an audience that has come to know you over the years, and these yeah. people have already been asking you for advice, and so now you've, you've been able to put it together in, in writing. How long did it take you to put put the book together? Oh boy, um, I worked on the book all last year, however long <laughs> that was. Okay, that maybe, works. maybe six months. Yeah, it was it was a long process. I've never written anything this long, so. Just writing a book was kind of an overwhelming prospect, but um, it was really, really satisfying because it, a lot of the stuff in the book is the, are the things that 
I tell clients over and over again. Um, so I'm like, now I can put it in one place and people don't even really have to hire me. They can just read the book and they'll know what I would tell them. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still, I still bet they, they still want to call you up and they still want to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that one of the best things that I'm able to offer is just assurance. Um, a lot of my uh, clients just really appreciate having somebody to talk to, to tell them they're doing a good job. So that's and, a lot of what I do. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that's a very valid point because one of the things I've yeah. talked about in the past is that the idea, what crowdfunding has done is changed the way we talk about money in society. Because up until mm -hmm. crowdfunding came along, the idea of asking somebody for money was so closely associated with begging that it was very yeah. right. It was very hard for us to have that conversation, to ask and say, "Would you give me something?" And people say, "Richard, you live in Silicon Valley. What in the world would I give you money for? Twenty bucks." You know. But mm -hmm. then you take a passion project, something that you are very that's very close to you, personal, and then you put it out in the public domain for people to judge it by using money. So you bring together three very emotionally charged things, asking for money, a, a, yeah. a personal project, and the judgment of the public of whether your project generates merit. And I think, as you're showing, people who step into that realm, it is a, that is very daunting to take something that you're very passionate about, ask people for money, and then watch whether that passion is rewarded or penalized because you missed your message somehow. So I got to believe that you are a stabilizing voice that helps them feel very comfortable about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. It's a vulnerable thing for sure. It is. So as we get close to the end here, what kind of uh, advice would, would you offer? Is there some tidbits, particularly when it comes to building that crowd Ooh. that you have been so effective at? Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, like from, from the 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 side of what not to do um the the when when you are on when you're out promoting your kickstarter you know you're gonna or patreon you're gonna be talking to your fans all the time asking for stuff and that should not be the time when your fans are hearing from you the most you know so there, there, I, I really encourage people to figure out how they can make stuff and give it to their audience, you know, a lot, like in any way, like for my band, it was putting out weekly music videos, which is a very, very ambitious thing to do, but it did mean that we were constantly in contact with our audience. But for some people that's, you know, doing a painting every week or even just like a live stream every Monday morning to talk about motivation. If you're, you know, a motivational speaker or something like that, just find something that you like to do that is not going to ruin your life. And uh, and put it out on the internet because I don't think Kickstarter is not necessarily a way to get rich, but it is a way to get a very difficult, very hard day job that you get to, to define yourself. So you should be expecting to work hard, but you know you get to do it, do what you want. It's nice. I, I think I, I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. I'm gonna and so as we wrap up, yeah. I'm gonna ask you about your pledge levels. So okay. for the book, you have, I think, uh, one, two, three, four, like five. You have five pledge levels, six pledge levels. Yeah, they're a little weird, I will admit. I'd be happy to talk about them. <laughs> they're a little weird. Um, I mean, that's your, that's your description. Yeah. So tell, tell, explain well, a little. Got, so you can get. You, Go ahead. Yeah, you can get the book 
obviously. Um, and uh, there are digital extras that come with the book for anybody who backs it on the Kickstarter. So there'll be some worksheets that you can use to apply the concepts in the book to yourself. Um, there is also an opportunity to be part of a seminar that I'll give on online audience building, um, whether you just want to watch it, which is 60, or be part of a Q&A, which I think is 100. And there are some consulting things there too. And then I also have a t-shirt. And the t-shirt is for a fake band that I made up as an example in the book. Um, so I wanted to use practical examples. And so there's a, 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 a band called School Squad, which is an all-girl punk rock group. And one of them is a ghost. Um, cause, uh, and she, she, she's a drummer and she died. And so they, they're running a Kickstarter in the book. Um, and they, you know, they have their t-shirt and they have their album and then they also run into some problems. So they end up having to delay their Kickstarter because the ghost goes into government experiments and stuff. So that was all in service of the book's lessons, but you can get a, a shirt for that book character, I guess, uh, on the Kickstarter. And there's also a level where you can just get the shirt and no book because some of my friends who are not musicians just wanted a weird t-shirt for a band that doesn't exist. So you just wanted I the, made a reward level. For them. Right. Oh, that works. And, but you, then you have one more, the, the highest level there. What was the thought behind that one? The highest level is, um, Oh, it's a consulting one-on-one. So that's, um, if you want to talk to me, we can talk about your project and we'll figure out your next steps basically. And then you can either follow up with me again or, Go off and make your amazing project happen. If they pledge at that uh, $250 level, do they get the shirt? I think so. I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. I mean, somebody might pay $250. They can ask for it. They can get that shirt. All right. Laser, this has been fascinating. I appreciate you taking the time (laughs) to share. No, it has been – I have been very intrigued. Uh, I have to admit, when Brian reached out and said, hey, we need to talk to these people, I'm like, okay, because I'm probably not your target audience. Um, but, but I'm guessing my, my daughters are, uh, I have daughters. Ranging oh yeah, from, for sure. Daughters love us. Yeah. Range in age from 14 to 30, uh, all five of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that they've probably heard of you guys. And so I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show. Uh, Brian's a big fan, obviously. Um, this has been, this has been very illuminating for me. Uh, I want to say thank you very much. And, and Brian, do you have anything, uh, closing s- things that you want to say? So they sold me on the book. I backed that at the beginning of the episode. Now she oh, sold good. me on the shirt as well. So I up my pledge, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to be wearing a T-shirt for a band that doesn't exist to <laughs> some future concerts. Well, Yay, I, I'm very excited. I, I, get a high five for I became a backer as well. I'm intrigued enough that I went ahead and backed oh, as, as well. You're up to $3,518 with a goal of 1800 so you're well past uh, that number, and you have 26 days to go. Uh, it, Laser, it looks like you're well on your way to success with this project as well. It, sound, it looks like that everything you touch seems to turn to gold. Oh, well, I just don't let it launch if, it doesn't, if it's not going to succeed. So that's All one right. We only get to see your successes. <laughs> this has been great. Yeah. Laser, thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Laser Melena Weber, who is the uh, who's an author of the book Crowdfunding for Musicians, which you can find on Kickstarter right now. But she, but they are also that was something fun is that okay. pronoun they they are also part of the Double Clicks band, uh, duo, a sister duo that is bringing out great music for years that Brian here is a big fan of. 
Hopefully you found something inspiring. I know I have, and uh, I love it when my guests come on and teach me something, and this has been uh, very helpful for me. Thanks for listening. You can participate and visit us in our Facebook group, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter Facebook group. Funding the Dream on Kickstarter podcast Facebook group. I always get that wrong. And we'd love to hear what you have to say and what you think about um, the advice that Laser has provided to us. Thanks for listening. Take care.